Number two is swing. Now, swing yes. is one of the foundational principles of jazz, and it's something that you need to listen for. These are one of the things we're actively listening yes. for. And and what is it? Well, that's a great question that nobody knows the answer to, but you know it when you hear it. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things where it's it's a, a language that, unlike, say, harmonic elements of jazz or yeah. melodic content of jazz, swing you can break down in a notated way, but it's hard to actually notate the way that some people swing. Yeah. And so it's one of those things that's better felt than it is read yeah. or any experience any other way. You have to listen to a lot of swing, a lot of swinging musicians, and digest, internalize, remember, be able to draw up, have your own uh, arsenal of rhythmic vocabulary to draw from. That's the only way it works. Yeah, and I mean, it gives you confidence. For sure. You know, you have to know this, but it's such an es es essential element to being able to play and understand and interact in this music that it's just something that we're constantly putting a focus on. Um, now, I would just say that swing, too, I don't see that just as tang, tang, ta tang. No, tang, no, no, no. As a swing beat. There's a lot of different grooves that exist within this music, some of which haven't even been invented or played yet. But swing is more of like an attitude with like towards groove I would say that we bring as jazz players yeah I mean I, I would say there's swing in all kinds of music in reggae and bluegrass and all sorts of yeah. stuff that that to me qualifies as a, a swing a yeah. swinging musician you know what I mean so yeah. that's what you should be listening for yeah and totally foundational which I think you said right at the beginning very important that, that we that we lay this as that foundation and constantly revisit and maintain maintain it Um, no, so this is number one for a reason, as always. Um, when you are soloing, when you are improvising, I mean, whether you're soloing solo piano, solo bass, or with a big band, yeah. listening is the most crucial thing that you can do always, um, but especially when you're soloing, especially when you're improvising, because it's, it's first of all, it's helping you get ideas because you're reacting to things that are happening in the moment, yeah. right? So you're you're there with the audience, you're there with your your bandmates and you're, you're responding to what they're putting down, you're responding to sort of even just like the vibrations in the room sometimes can affect the way you might approach your solo. Um, but then also you're, you're hearing yourself in your place within the music and yeah. I think that's another key thing there. That's great. Number two. Okay, number two is uh, of things to uh, things not to do for a good sound, and that is use a ton of sustain. Can I can I can I clap for this? Yes. No, I'm not clapping for using a ton. I'm clapping for not using. Not using. Yeah. yeah. If you don't want to sound good, use a ton of sustain. Yeah. Uh, I get this a lot. Anytime I take on any live student, which actually isn't that much anymore, but whenever I do, it's usually the first thing I have to say is like. Why is your foot on the sustain pedal? Yeah. Why are you playing so much sustain on everything? That's right. Why is every phrase uh, sound like it's underwater? You know yeah. what I mean? The sustain pedal is used as a uh, an accentuation. Right. And a crutch. And can be a crutch. <laughs> no, but I mean, if you want to get a really great sound, you need to develop a legit legato. And to exactly. develop a legit legato, you have to learn how to keep your one finger down while moving to another finger. And to do that, you have to tie your foot to the piano bench. Exactly. If, if that's what you have to do, do it. Yeah. Because I promise you, you will get a better sound in just a couple of weeks if you practice without the sustain. Things though. we have never said. Wow, you have such a great sound, and and your overuse of the sustain pedal really contributed nicely to it. <laughs> it's so true. If you are using the sustain pedal 
pretty much at all yeah. while you're practicing, it's not good. Things, things that I've never said also was like, wow, I listened back to that recording of myself. I wish I'd use more sustain pedal. Never. <laughs> never. never. All right, number two. Number two, daily practice. This is number two of our seven highly effective habits to make you a better jazz musician. Why is this one so important that it sits at position number two? We want to keep a daily connection to whatever instrument we're playing. It's the easiest way to grow. Uh, It keeps you sharp, and it helps you discover new things that you have to put into your practice routine. If you're not hitting your instrument for at least like 5, 10, 15 minutes every day, you're not going to grow as fast as if you do. It's just true. And and the easiest way to do this is just to carve out some time on the regular, whether that's at lunch or in the early morning or before you go to bed, to just sit at your instrument and be with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and yeah, and this one is so binary that it should be simpler. Like we can get we get into some and we're going to get into some other things a little bit, but like this is literally I mean, just the the as you say sitting at the instrument and playing the thing. Then you've accomplished it. Of course, you want to, you know, do many of the other things. We talk about it and stay longer and be effective and everything. But when you commit to daily practicing connecting with your instrument every day, yeah. you either do it or you don't. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like number five. It's omit the bad parts of your solo. Breathe, take your time, only play the good stuff you know. Now, that yeah. sounds simplistic. <laughs> Just don't play bad is what you <laughs> said. Stop sucking so much. Yeah. Now, what did you mean by this, actually? Um, so th- this uh, this actually is it's kind of funny, but I really believe this. If you want to improve your solo like tonight, like some of these, the, we're, we're trying to do things that are quick, but they all require practice. But this is one that you literally can just do on your gig tonight without any improvement before the yeah, yeah. totally mindset. But what this is <clears throat> like is just being a little bit more thoughtful about what you're going to play and commit to playing less. So, so you're not going to play everything you can possibly play, but what's going to happen is the good stuff is going to have some room to breathe. Well, you know? uh, I think a part B to this too is something that I like to do every so often is, you know, Ask yourself, am I about to play something I actually want to play? Exactly. Or is this just something, you know, I learned along the way and I don't even really like it? Yeah, you just know? sort of muscle memory or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Like, I should, why am I playing this? Right, I don't right. even want to play this. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, number three of our list of things not to do for a good sound. And that is to get real excited and tighten up. Yeah. So, yeah, when we get excited or nervous or um, anything that would cause tension, fearful, um, I, but I think you're even talking about even in a positive way. No, anything I think like a lot of people try to put energy in by tightening up or get, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know yeah. stank face or whatever. Stank face. You know what I'm saying? Well, stank face leads to good sound occasionally. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So we want to really, and I think this is about, you know, I mean, look, when you get into the flow of a gig and stuff, who knows what's going to happen. But especially for when you're practicing, it's a really good time to make sure that our physical skills are developed and, and those good habits are in place so that we're putting ourselves in the best position to make a great sound. Yeah. Because it's a lot. It's a technical challenge. Like once you really start listening and stop using the pedal, I mean, if you do number one and two, number three, you're going to have to do. Because when you listen and let go of that pedal, you're, then you're going to start to be exposed. That's right. You're going to be like, whoa. And so if you, get, if you tighten up and stuff, that's going to come out even more. Like it, with the sustain pedal, a lot of this can be covered up. And you yeah. can be stank facing and tighten up and it's going to sound. Well, but you're not going to sound great, though. No, you're not going to sound great. And you know what? If, if you're out there and you're saying, well, what about Keith Jarrett? 
what about Oscar Peterson? Hello. They are relaxed from about the shoulder down. Yeah. You can, and you know how I can tell? Because they sound great. <laughs> exactly. Like if Oscar Peterson is going, is doing his like uh, thing right. that he kind of gets into, whatever, I guarantee you that his hands and his wrists and his elbows and his shoulders are relaxed. He's doing that. He wouldn't be able to do it without it. There's no way. You, he would sound, he would tighten up. I wonder if we should change this to seven things not to do for a great sound. Oh, should we? No, no, it. I don't know. I'm not I'm, trying to. No, I'm doing it right now. Well, the other thing about that, you're talking about I'm Oscar capitalizing Peterson. capitalizing every letter. <laughs> um, Keith Jarrett and Oscar Peterson. The other thing is, like, if you, if you think they're um, tightened up and stuff when they're playing and you want to do that, that's fine. As soon as you sound as good as them in your own way, then you can tighten up. No problem. One of the things that struck me was that great artists spend two to three hours every day ingesting what their art is. Wow. Not their own stuff, but... I love what that. And then ingesting. And they ingest a mix of, of new things and old things. Yeah. Right? So, like, um, if you're a jazz musician, two to three hours every mm. day should be spent listening to music yeah old stuff and new stuff if you want to be good that like that's sort of this yeah the what this what the data points can i mean it sounds very uh sterile and analytical yeah. but it's it's really really data interesting driven. that the same the same data points were true from like someone like leonardo da vinci with painting or yeah. you know and someone like beethoven with music that two to three hours every day of ingesting music that's you know helping them become a better artist so Think about that. Think about when you can use free time or or commute time or at work time or whatever right. to ingest what you're doing. Like it's part of getting better, and yep. it's a super important part. And I mean, this this doesn't change as you say since Da Vinci or Beethoven or even before you know in the creation of art. None of this has changed. And technology changes, but that really there's parts of technology that make it harder to do this because we're in a distracted world. Yeah. So we get on this thing of I don't have time, but it's all about priority. But technology also helps, as you say, during a commute, anytime you we, we have access in a way. So we we need to be able to limit and push out the noise, get the signal going, which is ingesting yeah. like the concept. So that and that's just what for us is listen. And I love the way you put it, ingest the art. For for being an effective jazz, a better jazz musician, it's listening. Well, and you know why it's so important. Like, so since I've read that, I started doing this on the regular, like really making it a priority for me because you get distracted with phones and yeah. Netflix and all this stuff or whatever. So I've really tried to make this a priority of like, okay, I want to be a more uh, uh, in depth listener. I want to keep it in a regular part of my day without getting distracted by all the noise. Yeah. And so since doing that, I mean, music starts to take on this whole other. Um, this whole other tone when yeah. I listen to it, because you, you come so steeped in it, right? All the time. It just becomes part of your your brainwaves almost. It's yeah. it's an important part that can get can go by the wayside too quickly. And like. it's so good. I, I I mean, I know for me, I've gone in and out of this habit over time. I've been kind of in it for a while now where it's pretty habitual. But the fun thing is if you do fall off this habit, and look, everybody falls off some habits at of some course. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you do, it's so exciting when you get back in it. Actually, some of the times I've fallen off or on have been when I've gone on like vacation. I'm not a good vacationer. We'll talk about that in another episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seven ways to be a better vac vacationing jazz musician. Bring your steel pan drum with you, then you can do gigs. That's number one. Yeah. But but the idea of like when you have been off and you get back, you realize how important it is and how inspiring, how invigorating it can be to the rest of your routine. That's right. And don't freeze up thinking you have to listen to some important stuff no. every time. Just listen. Just listen, listen to, to stuff you like. Listen to whatever you like, whatever exactly. that is. Allow right. yourself to listen. Connect with the music.